Fishing and hunting friends, this is the Burley Fishing Podcast. Yeah, Brian, you want to do the countdown? Yep. Five, four, three. Welcome back to another episode of the Burley Fishing Podcast. I am Jeff Burlingame, joined by my co-host Paul Glass, and we have a guest today, Mr. Brian Kroon from Fisher of Men is your channel on Instagram. Say hi, Brian. Hello. And we're going to get talking to Brian a whole bunch today, all about what he's been up to, what he does, uh, talking about bank fishing, talking about his channels and the different companies that he works with on staff. So lots of cool stuff, lots of variety with this guy. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, as always, if you guys enjoy the podcast, be sure to subscribe, drop us a five-star review and a comment. You can help us improve the show. Uh, we appreciate it so much. All you guys that have subscribed, all you guys that have thrown us five-star review, you guys are awesome. Really helped grow the channel in general. And we've been growing a lot lately and it's been a lot of fun. So thanks for being along for the ride but let's jump right in paul all right so first of all phenomenal job with the uh very professional introduction countdown well done Countdown was amazing no pictures no autographs so we'll try and keep it low key for you though um so the way we've been starting out we've been doing this i call the april madness because we didn't get actual march madness i mean if you're in north carolina you're probably a basketball fan um we didn't get March Madness, so we did April Madness. So I did is I ranked some critical fishing gear, mm-hmm. right? Put them in a bracket, and then we went head to head, and we said, okay, if your pack is completely full and you can only jam one more thing in it, you got to pick one of these two things. This or that. Bingo. And I'm gonna give you the this, and then the that, and then we're gonna go. We're gonna. Everyone's gonna get a chance to go at it, and you get to be the tiebreaker. All right. So, number sixteen seed. Big triumph in round one. We're already in the Elite Eight West Division. Number 16, Bug Spray versus number six, Hat, which I everyone's got a hat on today. Hats are dumb. Who wears hats? <laughs> yeah. So it's number 16, Bug Spray versus number six, Hat. Got to make a choice. Which one are you going with? Well, as you can see, it's going to have to be the hat. I love it. Yeah, got to cover the dome. Uh, can't handle that sunburn on the head, so I'm gonna go with that. I can always put some UV clothing on to keep bugs off. You always you got go. the backup, Jeff. Oh man, <laughs> yeah, you're gonna definitely have to SPF it up, man. If you take that hat off, that's <laughs> SPF 90. That's the Paul special. That's covers my, up that's before my special fishing. Tea. <laughs> uh man that's a tough one because i definitely tried to push bug spray over the edge way back in the day when we did that matchup Mm -hmm. so i feel i feel like attached to bug spray because of what we've been through trying to make the cinderella happen right i really i really want to but i am gonna have to say hat like i literally just i'm with you ryan like i don't i do have the hair i do have the hair to protect but i need that coverage in the the shade over the sunglasses really helps with the glare on the water. Like I just, I can't yeah. go without that, man. And that's sleeping. <laughs> you know, you got to get that staff name in there too. Oh yeah, you do. Attaboy. There you go. That's expense, <laughs> critical real estate. I yeah. am, I'm going hat. That's the first time I think everyone's been aligned. Um, I think bug spray somehow had a big win. Probably shouldn't have won. I'm not going to say it, Jeff, but, um, and then hat, flyers, hat, I think right? hat, I think is underseated. So hat takes the win. But we got two matchups. So we got the next matchup, number twelve, which is a buff, versus this one's easy again. Phone. 
Versus what again? Cell phone. Uh, that's easy for me. That's the phone. I know. How, how, so Brian's on Instagram. He's an influencer. He's working staff with all these companies. Gotta Guys, have it. Gotta take the pics, man. That's like, that's your Jeff, job. Jeff, are you <laughs> yeah. or grinning or are you protecting your face? And as a bank angler, you know, I never know when I'm going to run into a snake. Oh, uh, yeah. Or anything else. So need to be able to make that call. That's, that, what that, I, that's what I said last time. It's so easily overlooked, right? But yeah, the safety factor is so important. Yeah, I think after our last trip, which Paul and I get to talk about in a minute, uh, it's always going to be fun <laughs> for me. That was, a, that was a good trip, guys. I saw that. Uh, that, was a do- that was a doozy and then some. Dude, rough day. But it, I mean, even if, if even with Paul there, like Paul almost got attacked by a dog, which didn't even make it into oh, the... I forgot uh, about that. <laughs> the craziest thing ever, but... <laughs> You know, even with him there, like, yeah, I need my phone. Like, we were not in potentially safe waters and anything could happen. So I'm with you. Also, working with all these other companies, like, I kind of want to take my pictures, man. and live on YouTube and Instagram. <laughs> there you go. When I get lost and die at some point on the river, uh, the phone will probably be the only way my wife will find me. So uh, we'll go with we'll go with phone. Luckily, um, luckily they're all waterproof now though <laughs> did we talk about that last time like i'm not a super long time <laughs> i dropped my phone in the river and my wife called every single person that i've ever known <laughs> literally this phone was dead it was gone, gone and dead. i'm like how is someone in california gonna know where i am that's not gonna work we're in michigan <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, all right those ones were super easy so we're gonna get straight into the weekly check-in um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go first. I'm gonna dominate and take over only because I had a big moment that no one else cares about. But I got a turkey on Sunday. Congratulations! Thank you. That was freaking sweet. And uh, we've been cooking it up. We've been eating it. We turned it into stock. We did the whole nine. It was awesome. Ten oh, inches. Ten, ten inches. inch beard. Yeah. Nice. Pretty for a public land turkey. I'm jacked up about it. Yeah, I hear you. So yeah, yeah, I got my turkey. So that's a big check off my spring list. That was like on my spring to do was get a turkey. So got her done. All right, to done. <laughs> Brian, what have you been up to? I know we got a story we got to share, but I want to know what you've been up to this week. Wow, um, this week has been crazy North Carolina weather. It was 85 Sunday, then it was like 54 the next day. Uh, 20 mile an hour winds, you know, pelting rain. Oh man, um, rough. And, and then you know it's dropping down. Like tonight's supposed to be, uh, I think, thirty-eight or something. Have <laughs> um, seventy-seven tomorrow. So you know it's. it's so how do you down. miss? Yeah, yeah, the, um, yeah, man. The fishing forecast <laughs> is all over the place. Um, yeah. the fishing forecast is, and you know the fish can't decide: do I come up? Do I go back? Um, you're seeing beds, you're seeing males there, but I don't think they're guarding eggs. Uh, I think nope. they're just staging, um, getting them ready. I haven't seen any red tails yet, so I don't think they really uh, hunkered down yet. It's supposed to uh, warm up a lot next week, and so my fishing trips this week have been few and far between, um, just an hour or so here and there, just to see what's going on and, and kind of survey uh, things and and check out um, the banks. I like that. We've been awesome, seeing a, we've been seeing a lot of like really hit and miss days because like it almost oh, yeah. seems like the high temp is what's gonna like get you where you need to be. And the other thing, I mean, like that largemouth I caught on the weekend, it was like 
I'm, it must have been either staged up or, or close to where its bedding area was going to be because it like it like barely hit this thing and it was like <laughs> bah, 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 and I barely hooked it and then yeah. I did I thought it was a stick because I'm just like reeling it in. <laughs> you said um, it on video. <laughs> yeah, like was this a stick? I can't can't confirm. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm seeing no, a lot of that. I, I'm, I'm seeing yeah. I'm seeing a lot of the, the the nibbles. You know, the frogs just getting the the uh, the legs, the tassels just barely pulled yeah. under. They're not really attacking it. So I don't think they're. Um, yeah, I guess they're at that. Um, I'm gonna call it a comatose stage. You know, where yeah. they're not really aggressively after anything. Um, they're just kind of hanging back and, and checking things out. If something comes right in front of their face, um, they're hitting yeah. it. But otherwise, they're not gonna go after everything. So it's a lot of experimentation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with different things, and, and I keep a plethora of, of rods of combos set up with with different things that I can just you know grab and, and throw something else. Nice. Sure. All right, awesome, Jeff. Man. Do you want to hit us with a a recap? Yeah, I can recap because I, I yeah I haven't been out this week at all. Weather has been uh, I mean, definitely warmer. We've definitely had like some good temperature fluctuations, kind of similar to what you're doing with there, Brian, and like. Yeah, the the fish are just finicky. Even on the river they were, which normally, you know, this time we should have smallmouth heaven, but it's been hit and miss. And I mean, there's been some big ones out there for sure. I've had some good trips and some not so good trips, like we'll talk about. Uh, but like Paul, you remember on the trip? This wasn't in the video. I was throwing like a white tube, mm-hmm. and this fish like nibbled on it. Re- I reeled him up a little bit. He wasn't even hooked. He was just still chewing on it. Like didn't he didn't commit at all, and I I got him like almost to the boat with no hook in his mouth, and then he just mm-hmm. swam away. So yeah, I'm I'm it's finicky, man. It's it's tough right now. So hopefully that clears up soon. Um uh, yeah. So the croc venture, as as we're calling it, because we definitely highlighted crocs like inadvertently <laughs> in that video. We wear crocs all the time, and people <laughs> definitely just they just poop on us all day about it. Because, <laughs> come yeah. on, they're they're so comfortable, man. They're my outside sandals, man. Don't. don't... No way. Sandals all day. You know what they say they're good for, right? Everything. <laughs> you can take your uh, fishing line, put your pencil through the center of the hole, <laughs> put, put the pencil in the holes in the crocs, and hold it between your feet. That's what they say it's used for. I'm fine Perfect. with that. Genius. Hey, it, works. Um, it does. So, so we had our off-road man sandals on, and we went on uh, a trip down a river that I'm apparently not the say, supposed to say the name of because I'm I'm a big spot burner. <laughs> so I'm gonna stop doing that. Working on my habits, Paul. Help me out. Uh, I yell Paul's got every a, time. He doesn't do a good job though. He needs he, to like hit me. I'm with gonna his literally hat, like, hit over you. the. He head. takes a breath to say a place, and I'm like. <laughs> yep. Shut me, shut me down, man. Um, anyway, so we we hit said river uh, at undisclosed location, and it started out pretty good. You know, definitely small er fish. We had one largey. I don't know, probably a dozen smallmouth by the time we hit the dam. Um, all decent sizes, and we were hitting on square bill, Ned rig, right? Uh, Ned rigs all day, and just having a, having a decent time. The wind was pretty rough. Temperature mm-hmm. was great though. And we got to the dam. I caught a couple there. That was exciting and fun because the current was insane. And if you guys are, if you've watched the video on YouTube, if you haven't, just pause this and go do that. Do yourself a favor (laughs) and watch somebody suffer really bad. So basically, things I learned. Um, You never win against water, which is something I thought I knew. But apparently, I didn't listen to my own advice at that point in time. Uh, Two, Hobie Pro Angler. 
most stable boat on the planet. It's just come at me. <laughs> like I, I got hit. Plug. Shameless plug. Shameless plug. I don't even work with these guys yet, Hobie, if you're listening. Uh, (laughs) I got hit like by this crazy sideways current coming around an island, like an eddy. And there were two. There were two swirling eddies. Yeah, and they were they were rolling. Made it through one. Paul goes, "Oh wow, he got real lucky there." And then I just get spun around, and then I backpedaled, and then I got side swept, and like the boat went almost perpendicular to the water. It was absurd. Uh, but I didn't feel like I was going to fall out at any point. I just sat right back up, slammed into the trees and then Paul had to save my life. Needless to say, the rest of the trip did not go well for me at all. And uh, <laughs> if, if you guys catch Paul prior to that, Paul did have some heartbreak. So Paul broke his rod and him just hot, like slap shotting. It was like, <laughs> I watched it. I watched it 15 times and just cracked up every time because the angle of the camera was so good. You just <laughs> wrecked your rod and the way you made it sound like it happened is not what happened. You were like, Oh, I just, I bumped my crankbait into it. Freaking knuckle pucked it, <laughs> like slap shot this thing into the goal. Yeah. It was so it be- bad. It became a two piece real quick. It, did. it actually it, became a three. Right. Yeah, three it, it was yeah, brutal. It, it was bad. But uh, my real plate, somebody commented on the video too. So my real plate, the side plate on my Revo SX popped off. And somebody commented on the video and they're like, I just went to the river and lost my SX side plate. This reel is cursed. So it could be a problem with the Revo SX. But like the open close switch for the, the magnetic side of it, it just, it's been popping off on me. But this yeah. time... It finally just came off and it missed the boat, fell into the water gun. Were they both at were they both at said river at undisclosed location? No, this other person, I don't know where they were fishing at. But <laughs> it was the river. The river's definitely cursed. Gotta hold uh, it in. I can't smack him here, but the second I see his actual face, just <laughs> undisclosed. Uh and then, you know, my trip started really unwinding. We got below the dam that situation occurred i bent my hobie pedals because they have like this basically semi-invincible drive which is amazing but the little 20 dollars rods that come down they bend mm-hmm. it happens so that bent that made pedaling really hard the rest of the trip and then probably the saddest thing for me was when my dobbins brand new dobbins rod just went i watched it go up in a tree <laughs> and then it just dropped down and it tumbled through the current like three times and I just watched <laughs> it butt up and tip up and then gone. And I, I, I cried a little bit. I had some man tears. Paul saw me. It was Paul brutal. paddled by and he just, I was kept, like... he just kept going. <laughs> and I was just like, I buried myself in a bush and I was just like face and hands done for the day. you got a too, didn't you? Oh yeah. I mean, well, so when we crashed our well i crashed my boat into uh the side of the dam to get out of the crazy current he dragged me out and then we had to walk my 487 pound boat through just mud everywhere just sinking in and that's where the croc venture started we didn't lose a croc on that trip though i would oh, say we found some got them both the dam. <laughs> we just, that's right we found some crocs somebody else wasn't the, using the crocs right but uh our crocs survived they did great and then Paul caught a bunch of fish right there too, which was I did. pretty awesome. I found the spot, started reeling them in. It it was, I mean, it's one of those days where like when you're in the day, it was miserable. But then like afterwards, you're gonna be like laughing about it, which yeah. we're doing right now. Yeah, we'll laugh about this trip for oh, ever. Yeah. 
<laughs> it was good stuff. It was good video. I watched. I watched most of it. I ain't say I watched all of it. Twenty-seven minutes. I'm. I'm. I'm glad you made it through some of it. I appreciate <laughs> that. Just skip to the painful parts. I'll just. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was looking for. That's what's up. <laughs> all right, a- man. That was so. That was the weekend review. Next, we hit the best part: the show meet. So we're gonna take advantage of the knowledge of our guests here today, uh, and then and then we're gonna kind of we're gonna kind of hit you with some questions on on bank fishing. So I think like depending on where you live and and what you do, bank fishing can either be like the only thing that people do, or it's like something that like people do when they start and then they change to something else. And I'll be honest, I I started bank fishing and then went into river and then kind of evolved from there. And Jeff and I had time when we were like we need to go back and just hit the bank because it's got its own, it's got its own flavor and it's got its own challenges. And I think a lot of people kind of like after they move on to it, never get back to it, which is kind of, which is kind of silly really, because one, it, it is, it's got like the adventures like built into it. Right. Like, so getting to your spot, finding your spot and then learning the river from the bank is like its own set of challenges. I think it's a ton of fun. Um, so first of all, tell us, you know, you talked about being from North Carolina. Um, that's your fishing spot. Tell us a little bit about the, the the places that you fish and then like kind of how you find like your spots. Like how do you find your hunting holes? Yeah. Um, so uh, North Carolina, born and raised. And you you, you skipped a part and I was thinking I was going to save it until you, you got to me. And that was <laughs> um, as a bank angler, you know, yes, you have your, your public uh places to go your your city ponds and stuff but the the getting permission um and i and i'm only saying that because i am one that does and i use the gis tax map so i know who owns the land i know who to go to to ask permission and i ask permission um or get permission um before i go to any body of water uh on that you know, on that land. And, um, that's really big with me, especially here. Um, I worked with John Deere for eight years. I know a lot of farmers, they all have ponds and I made, you know, good uh, relations with them, had a good customer base. And so doing that was easy for me. And, um, most of them just said, I don't even know why you came and asked. And I said, it's just because because that's who I am. I'm going to come and ask, I'm going to get, you know, your blessing, your permission. Um, to go, I'm not just going to show up. I don't carry anybody with me. Um, I pick up, you know, trash or whatever, you know, how that goes, you know, I'll do mm-hmm. whatever you need. If you'll let me fish here. I was going to ask that actually, I don't mean to interrupt, but like, how do you, cause like sometimes you'll find a spot where you're like, dude, there's a ton of fish here. Or like, this is a sweet spot where it's got an open bank, but there is some shade and you know, you can get the fit. Like you get that spot. that's like perfect. How do you maintain permissions? Cause like, I know I'm a big hunter. And so for me, I drive like every time I drive by a field and I see like 30 deer feeding in the back, I'm like coming, <laughs> coming back here. Right. But like, how do you, one, like, how do you approach somebody, you know, like kind of what's, do you have like a canned approach for how you like walk up to a door and, you know, kind of cold calling on somebody if you maybe drove by and saw a retain, retention pond or whatever. And you're like, I want to go fish there. How do you like, what's your approach? And then once you get it kind of, how do you keep them? Cause that's hard too. Yeah, it is, you know, um, it's a it's a small town. I don't really fish outside of my county, um, which mm-hmm. is about sixty thousand people. Um, the city is only about twenty six thousand. So most every you know most of the anglers around here that are are bank fishermen, bass fishermen, 
um, you know, we're in similar groups or we know each other, you know, they put a put a word out or, you know, or say, well, I got permission, you can come. And then, you know, it kind of leads to snowballs, you know, where mm. they've now seen me up there a lot and it makes it easy to just go one day and say, hey, uh, do you mind if I keep coming? I don't really cold call anybody. It's mostly because of people I know. I know a lot of people here, um, you know, one private um, subdivision has a small lake and you have to have written permission. You know how that goes, you know, written permission, no boats, no nothing. Um, so, you know, that that's nice. And then the local golf courses, you know, they always hold hold the big babies and um <laughs> Just as long as you don't go up there with a cooler, you know, like exactly. You're, you're going, oh, I'm just using it to sit on. Um, <laughs> yeah, as long as you don't do that, then your chances are pretty good of coming back. And, um, you know, they, they know you respect the fish. Uh, I'm catch and release only. Yep. Um, even my PB, I caught January 24th, 11 pounds, eight ounces. Wow. Uh, <laughs> All right. No big deal. Congrats, man. <laughs> That's yeah, awesome. Man. Uh, you know, possible catch of a lifetime definitely a yeah. trophy fish it was a state record in 20 other states Shut um, up. that's sick but not here not in north carolina uh, 15 <laughs> 14 is the record here and um yeah so even then um i got asked a lot and even by one of the uh homeowners you know about it and i said no mm-hmm. it, i put it back i mean i don't need it i've got mm-hmm. pictures Mm-hmm. I can have somebody um, take a form and spray paint me, you know, one just like it. Uh, there's there's no point in it. And, you know, that was January 24th. You think what time of year that was. We weren't even close to pre-spawn. Oh, yeah. yeah and man. I said, you know, she's that big now. Yeah. Think what she'd be like with a belly full of eggs. Yeah. It, I may have a state record at that point. And, and a friend of mine runs the local nature center. And he said, did you call the game warden? And I was like why am i in trouble he said no you should have gotten a uh, citation oh yeah citation you know for a trophy uh it's yeah. a trophy bass anything over 10 pounds is is a trophy oh, bass, you know trophy fish and i said no i didn't i wish i had though because that would have been something else on the record yeah yes michigan and you know what i feel like it's other states too but i know michigan if you call we we have the dnr if you call them right um They'll come out, they'll measure it, they'll, you know, take photograph, they'll, you know, weigh it, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then they keep a logbook of all catches. And then, um, like, they have, like, they'll have, like, patches for, like, things, different things that you can, like, different categories. Yeah. But then they'll, they'll maintain the records, too. And, like, they'll, like, acknowledge your record um, in the yeah. state logbook and everything, which is sweet. Um, yeah. And then they'll let you know, like, where your fish would have like if it was like the last record was like 1950 like if you broke that one like they'll let you know all that kind of stuff too which i think is really cool that's mm-hmm. awesome um, but yeah that's awesome yeah. man i would have liked to have had them there um for you know one reason i can think of is that obviously to use the the tape and their scales and everything um, oh yeah get get the certificate or whatever you get mm-hmm. um but to maybe have them shed a little more light on maybe the age of the fish yeah you know if it's that big how long did it take now this particular place is known for monsters um Mm -hmm. uh, a guy called a 10 pounder end of last year that i saw um and and it's been known for that for for years many years sure we were actually we did a podcast on like bass facts and like i had I was like, they had talked about like how long it takes, like how old, how old basket and like how, how they, 
you know, how they be like how their forage like has to grow as they grow and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as I was doing the research, I was like, dude, how do you even how do you how do you age a fish? Like, how, like <laughs> right. I had no I had no idea. And bass specifically, they have they have a couple of bones that only grow as they grow. So they're they're the size of that the you know size of that bone is analogous to like their age. And then the other thing is like the the quality of their scales. So they don't get more scales, but they grow um, as the fish grows. And so they can tell by the scales first. And then if they can't tell by the scales, then they can use certain bones in the fish, which I had no idea. Yeah, that's I guess crazy. that's why you may see. That makes a lot of sense. Thank you. I didn't know that. Um, but it, it may Fast be why facts. You, yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, maybe why you sometimes see uh, like a, a nine pound head and mouth on a yeah. four pound body. Yeah absolutely man it is cra- yeah. and there actually that's worth going to listen to because there's a lot of really weird stuff like their eyes continue to grow through like they're out their entire life which i had mm-hmm. no idea um yeah bass facts that was a good episode that was that was a fun episode what was, what was like the world record was some guy had multiple world records for like a 23 pound oh yeah we're not talking about the guy that was snagging bass are we <laughs> no we're talking about the guy so. that actually caught it in 19. 19- 50 something yeah now that and so that was another guy in japan actually tied that record more recently like 2009 right. or something like that i had to go back and look i actually have it here in the show notes i can pull it up That's um right. but yeah um all right so i got another question how did how does how did bank fishing become like your thing and like why why was why did it become bank fishing and then like not something else yeah and why not a, why not move to a boat potentially at some point no, I mean, yeah. to each their own, right? So, yeah, what what drives you to that? Yeah, um, you know, that that's actually a whole, possibly a whole other show and story in itself. <laughs> I like, it. all right, I'm but, listening. <laughs> but I'll kind of give you, you know, the cliff note version of it um, real quick. And that is, um, you know, I was a completely different person um, five years ago and, and I had a life change. And so, you know, I was running the roads and I was doing a lot of of other things. And um, so we had um, rented a house um, and, you know, this is definitely not fishing related, but I share my testimony a lot. I get asked to go and share my testimony places and, um, you know, churches and men's groups and and so on. But um, my wife and I split up and we got back together and we were renting this house and it had a storage building in the back. Well, uh, the owners or the type of men who, you know, if it's not mine, I'm not going to touch it and, and you're not going to touch it. So I said, well, look, you know, the building's back there and I noticed some stuff in it, but I was wondering if I could use it. And they said, well, let us check with the guy and see, you know, if he wants anything to send there, they come back, they say, no, um, go ahead and do whatever you want, you know, throw it away. You can use it. And I'm in there and I'm cleaning it up and I, and I had never been fishing in my life ever. Now I, I was, 40 uh i was 41 um then i think yeah 41 and i had never been fishing in my life but i looked up in the rafters of this storage building and there was six fishing poles with with reels um you know there are six combos um five spinners uh zip code 33 you know some some old stuff the gold and oldie yeah um i didn't know what it was at the time but i found out later um and shad fishing is really big here. So, you know, yep. I found somebody to take that off my hands. 
Um, nice. I saw some yeah. pictures of some monster shad on your page too. Holy oh, crap! Yeah. yeah, they're big down here. Um, yeah. But yeah, anyways. And so you know, there was one um, Bass Pro Shop rod and reel bait caster combo, and I had a guy at church who, who fished, and I said, "Well, look, man, I found all these rods and reels. I don't know what to do with them. I don't know, you know, what I want to do." Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Well, you know, you need to figure out." Are you going pan fish? Are you fishing for bass? What are you going to do? Good advice. And um, and then he he said um, he said I'll I'll line them up for you. So he he put line fresh line on them, and um, the bait caster he he set up for me for bass fishing. He hooked me up with some plastics, you know, just some worms, your your standard starter kit, and here you go. And so I was on my own and. Um, I started going to the the city ponds, um, got my license, and, and started going there, and just slowly learning. I mean, I I literally taught myself um, most everything I know today. I've picked up a lot as I watch, you know, YouTube and, and Instagram and people. But um, I just I knew uh, when I saw those polls, I said, well, this is first of all, you're looking up, you know, this is a sign. <laughs> and, um, I said, well, maybe this is what I'm supposed to start doing now. I just, I thought it was fishing. I thought it was a waste of time before, you know, I didn't have time for it. I, I only knew about the, the cork, you know, or the bobber and, and the, <laughs> the worm, you, you know, put on the hook. And that's all I knew. And I was like, this is boring. Who, <laughs> Who wants to go sit and watch this thing in the water, waiting to see if it moves and it may yeah. never move. And, you know, so I was small minded about it at the time. And, um, I remember one of the first lessons I learned about bass was, you know, I, they were the predator, you know, they're the predator in the pond. And, and I thought to myself, but well, they're going to eat anything I throw. And I started <laughs> seeing, you know, I started seeing crazy videos like hooks on a Coke can. Yeah. <laughs> call yeah. bass. And I'm like, there you go. Proves my we're, point. We're good. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, um, well, my, my wife loved it. You know, she's like, you picked up this new thing and, and it's good for you and and so on. Um, and I said, OK, you know, thank you. And, and I'm glad you like it. You know, hopefully now I can also take my girls, mm-hmm. um, things like that. And I said, but I promise you, I'm not going to spend a lot of money because oh. and I explained it to her. I said, bass are the predators. They'll eat anything. <laughs> you know, I got this plastic city's plastics he gave me and, you know, I'm going to be good. And um, hopefully she can't uh, hear, but, you know, like $4,000 later. <laughs> oh, yeah, for yeah, sure, man. Um, you got off easy. <laughs> I'm, I'm racked, you know, I'm racked up with, with 18 rods I keep in my car all the time. And, mm-hmm. you know, oh, just yeah. just everything, you you name it, I've got it. Um, <laughs> and I still don't know that my Classic. opinion has changed much. Um, I just think you find more of what they want in particularly um yep. you know when, when you're going and so find a better steak yep. yeah that's right and um, <laughs> that's i guess that's really you know how it, how it came to be um and it was a new addiction for me i'm a recovered addict and mm-hmm. um it was a new addiction for me quality and, one and I like getting it, out of doors know? and when i'm not home you know by dark uh, or whatever um or if i'm gone all day she knows where i am yeah and um you know, and if I tell her I'm going fishing, she knows I'm going fishing. That's an unbelievable story, awesome. man. And I, I mean, it, it, it's an easy thing to get hooked on. No pun intended. It's just like one of those things where if you like being out of doors, it's like you can, you can, 
how many times are you like Jeff and I have this thing we call it one for the road where it's <laughs> like we will we will stay on water until it's way way late if we don't call one for the road where it's like are right, we gonna get one more and then that's it and then we're out of here period. it's a very important rule it it's saves us our marriages <laughs> yeah you know, it's you have to have something like that but <laughs> I dude I feel like you're bringing up so many good points and I know Paul has questions we'll hit all these things too later but definitely appreciate your story thank you for sharing that. Um, you know, and I love your point on Vaseline and anything, but we still buy all the things. And I think it's a good point. I mean, to, to say to somebody new to fishing that you can do bank fishing because it's the easiest thing to do. Just go on a walk with, a, a you know, a pole and, you know, one plastic worm, right? Kind of how you started, which is plastic worms and hooks and get after them and they'll eat that. So if anybody's, you know, listening, thinking about getting started with this, you don't need the boat right now. You can get it later if you want to. Uh, and you can just go hit the bank and you don't need all of the fancy tackle just yet. Um, and, you know, I'm going to call out one of the companies that you're on staff with uh, because they've helped us as well uh, with giveaways and things in the past. And I am also on staff with them, but just go hook up with a company like Monster Bass and you can get your first box for 10 bucks if you use save 15 as a code. And then you can go throw a whole bunch of those lures because I guarantee if you get one of those boxes, if you have uh, a rod and reel, sometimes they'll just send you line too. But if you got the rod and reel, you get the stuff you need to catch fish in there. So, I mean, it's just an easy, cheap way to get after it. That's right. That's exactly right. And that's kind of how my my, um, my tackle started to grow. You know, I, I was on Same. Facebook Marketplace, <laughs> and I might buy a rod from this guy. And he's like, hey, you know, if you know, I'll throw these in. And so then all of a sudden, I've got stuff I never had. And I'm like, well, I'm going to try that. I'm going to try this. I'm going to try that. And um, then, you know, really funny was um, my oldest daughter. She's 22 was working for the local sports shop at the time my addiction began and then she moved and went to college and she was working at gander for two years you know yeah yes so birthday and christmas you know she's she's giving me a a tackle bag and boxes and hooking it up (laughs) and hooks and you know and she gets them half off and so that's um, so good yeah that that was um really where it just kind of blew up i guess and i spent um you mentioned staff you know i spent a year before last um i spent all winter applying to be on staff with people Mm -hmm. everybody anybody you can think of i was applying to be on staff with them and so you know just just drive you know that's the thing back to what jeff was saying you know is that um, I'm starting a new video series. It's going to be called Tailgate Talk. Um, yep. Yep. And it's going to be mostly geared towards um, beginners, novices. About you know my very first video I had um, just telling beginners, you know, this is really your your basics. You know what I feel like are the basics you need. And like Jeff said, you know, dovetailing on that, you don't have to have a $80,000 boat. You don't have to have an $80,000 truck. You can be um, as big as you want to be from the bank. Zero dollar feet, man. Absolutely. Yep. 100%. And I, you know, I feel like they hit that bank. They, if, if they can luck out and go to some, I'm sure the awesome ponds that you fish or like some of the areas like uh, Paul and I are so lucky to be able to fish and you just start hammering some bass, like the addiction just grows. Right. It's like you said, who wants to watch that Bob or move up and down? I mean, 
<laughs> to be honest, I still I still kind of get excited when that happens. <laughs> it's it's a little more fun with with you know the the other gear for sure, or like think of fly fishing a popper for some bluegill, as I know Paul is super addicted to. It's just that that little strike, man, uh, that that really grows that addiction. And then when you're addicted and you know you love the thing, then invest into that, right? And and really just grow from there. So I think that's a great point, man. Yeah. So I guess see this when you're bank fishing. Do you look like have you ever been on like the river or like on a spot where you can't get to the other side of a of a of a piece of property and been like, man, if only I could get like over there. Rod in mouth. <laughs> <We're> <laughs> no. Yeah, I mean, I don't know anybody that could say no. Uh, <laughs> and, and and being yackers, um, I know you guys probably get a lot of those places that um most no one else can get to uh, by no means and so i yes to answer your question yes i have yeah. and you know i've looked into um kayak i'm my wife has kind of taught me out of it i mean and it's not because of the it's not because of the money um yeah. i'm i'm six foot five and you know and she's like i know you're gonna have to possibly stand up you know you're a big guy um, mm-hmm. You know, she just doesn't think a, a yak will hold me, um, which I know there's a guy and I can't think of his name. Um, he's like six foot eight. Um, yep. he's, he, you know, he's all <laughs> Holy over. Holy crap. Yeah, it'll he's all it'll over, hold you. <laughs> he's all over Instagram. I think he's out yep. in California and um, he seems to do just fine. And I'm, I'm sure they're out there, but I'm looking at a lot of different options um, to get off of the bank occasionally. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Maybe a pond, small one-person pontoon. You've seen oh, those, you I'm sure. There you go. Um, that'd be very stable. Oh yeah. Uh, there's no standing up on that either. And so, you know, just looking around at other things. But um, I, I do occasionally just think, you know, man, I bet, I bet they're over there. You know, I, <laughs> that looks like a sweet, sweet spot. And that's all you can yeah. do is just look at it. But I flip that around because then it. I feel like it challenges me to become better at what I can. There do. it is. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I know I can't get over there, so I'm going to focus on the here and now, what I can do. The The best part about that, man, that I think of uh, that comes to mind is those days when you scour the lake, even in a kayak, right? I'm sure Paul has had a dozen of these days like me, but you scour the lake, you catch nothing. You come back last cast at the launch. you're like was it worth this entire trip i've done literally like four hours with no Mm -hmm. fish and then i catch one at the boat launch and i'm like all right cool could could have walked down here and fish from the bank what happened that's where they released the tournaments i hear i hear that a lot that's that's where you can always get one oh for sure man oh well you know it's really funny like it happens so often and it's it almost always happens at least the way a lot of times where i see it um, because you get those enter and exit points where all those boats are coming through and they wash out that section. And so you got this like nice, like it's like only a foot or two deeper usually than like the surrounding area where the launch is. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times, like that's all you need. You get weed along the edges of those in like a two foot depression. And like when the water's hot, like when they're doing those tournaments and like the heat of summer, when top water's hot, you know, cause that's what they want to see. Mm-hmm. Dude, that one or two feet is like all you need to draw, especially a bass in. Right. Yeah. 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 All right. So you, I have to like, you're obviously a big bass guy. Are you like, do you only target bass? I do. That's it. Uh, 
occasionally catch things, but that is all I'm after. Love that. So let me ask you this. If all the fish, if all the bass in the world were gone, what would you be going after? <laughs> Extinction, oh, <man>. dude. <laughs> Perhaps by a virus. Yeah, <laughs> you're killing me, Smalls. I know, man. I knew it was going to be bad, so I had to Why go. would you take that away from him? Paul? You're a monster. You're a straight monster. We're just suspending reality for a very short period of time. <laughs> yeah, um, and, and I've been thinking about it, you know, and I, I'm close. You know, I told you I'm an hour from the coast. Um, I have a friend, uh, we grew up together who lives down on the coast and he runs a charter business, um, intercoastal waterway for, you know, stripers, red drum rock. Um, so that's probably what I would do. It it wouldn't be the end of the world. It's not that far. You know, I've got a charter buddy, uh, who can take me anytime and, and that would become my new, new thing. So it wouldn't be the end of the world, but it would sure hurt. That's. (laughs) It's you know it's pretty cool to see somebody who is is that coast to the coast and has like what you think of as like a premier fishery right like type of fishing where it's like other people are like that's all I want to do and I'm gonna pay a bunch of money to fish that fish and you're like dude I like being really good like really good at this mm-hmm. I think that's really sweet mm-hmm. yeah and and I get asked all the time you know because people that find out I fish and they're like, well, what, what are you fishing for? You know, do you keep them? Um, all those questions. And, and I'm just like, bass. That, that's it. That's, but like big it. ones. Yeah. But, uh, but just the big ones. And my, right. my, P, my PB before that, um, before the one I told you about this year was 9.4. Um, Dude, so that that's was awesome. a big, that was a big jump. And Dude, that's a lot of bass for what, like a handful of years. Holy crap. Yeah, that's huge, Thanks. man. That's and I, I didn't know what to do. Um, <laughs> I, I, I can play that story back. You know, that's something else we were talking about. What I have now is, you know, and I have the memory. Yeah. Um, and I can play it back. I can see it. And and I never got to see this fish um, until it was at me. I was at a retaining wall. And um, until, you know, until she surfaced, I had no idea. And they've got huge, huge koi um carp out there and and it wasn't really fighting it was just dragging it was pulling and i let it peel it off and and, you know slowly reel back i didn't want to push my luck i didn't know and um i didn't see her until she was at me and (laughs) i see this big mouth come up and and i just because then she just stopped she stopped she laid out sideways like she was tanning yeah. <laughs> and, and and showing me like here I am. No way. And I just looked uh, at her for like thirty seconds. I swear, just for like thirty seconds, <laughs> I was just looking at her. I didn't move. She didn't move. And um, sea monster. And that, that's the other thing. I hadn't thought about this till I was telling a friend about it, and um, they said, "Man, do you know how hard it is to land a fish over a retaining wall that yes. size by yourself yeah. with no net?" Oh yeah. Oh yeah, you just, I had no net. Dang, you know, so I had to to lean over the retaining wall, almost in the water, and and get a hold of her to pull her up. And um, oh man, yeah, I caught like That's a awesome. I caught a twenty eight inch steelhead standing on a sandy bank at at <laughs> least fifteen feet above the water, uh-huh. and I had no business hooking that fish from the bank at all. 
<laughs> and I remember I thought I caught a log and I was like, oh, crap, I'm going to have to get this maps like out of this log. Yeah. And I'm looking like way down at this bank. And then all of a sudden the log takes off, starts peeling <laughs> off my drag. And I'm like, oh, what, what? And then I finally reel it in and I realize like I'm not down there yet. So I like slide all the way down the sandbank. And I had a buddy who's like maybe 30 feet from me and I'm screaming, like trying to climb up back up the sandbank with a freaking huge steelhead <laughs> in my hand. And a rod in my other hand, and I'm he can't even hear me, dude. It is that's the other thing about bank fishing. Like people, it's hard to cast. If you got trees like right on you, and you're in that thick spot, you're not just like winding up and like shooting them out and retrieving fish. To your point, especially if you're on like a retaining wall or anything like that, even if it's like you get those long stretches of like um, shallow water that just drop off sometimes, or you're at a straight drop off. You've got things that you got to deal with that normally you're not dealing with at all if you're on a boat. The boat's the same retrieve every single time for the most part. Yeah. Um, so I got to ask you this. I saw, I did watch that video that you posted and I thought it was really cool. I saw you got your backpack, but like walk us through like what's your, like what's your setup? Oh, yeah. You mean as far as what I have with me anytime I get out of the vehicle? Absolutely. Well, you what, got, do you bring, what do you bring with you? Like, what's your what? What is your rod and reel setup? Like, what's always in the pack? All eighteen of them, because you already <laughs> said you have eighteen rods. <laughs> every rod, every reel, walk it through. No, don't do that. Yeah. He's got a wife. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Kid. You can't do that to him. <laughs> yeah. Undisclosed um, number of rods. <laughs> and how? What's the story? You know about it? As long as she doesn't sell them for what I told her, I paid for them. I was that. gonna. Yeah, I was gonna <laughs> yeah. bring that up. <laughs> it's um, like the the one thing I worry about is that. <laughs> my wife will sell my my gear for what I for what I told her I paid for it. <laughs> that, that old thing, twenty bucks garage sale. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and no, uh, you know, I keep all of those. I told you, I, I pretty much have setups for everything, and um, so all I have to do is grab something and, and go. Um, or situation changes, you know, get back to it and just grab the next one. Um, if I don't want to go through the time of, you know, let's say they're Let's say they're schooling bait fish, you know, they're busting shad, and um, I don't have a, we'll just say a lipless crank with me. Um, you know, I want to be able to grab something with one ready um, versus spending the time to tie it on and know I can throw it in the middle of that school, and I'm almost surely going to catch something. Um, but so it's usually anywhere from three to maybe seven. Um, combos that i carry you know when i get out and go depending on where i'm going i know most of these places well enough by now to know mostly what works um and you know so like, talking everything from like a broomstick down to like a finesse rod a couple casters a couple spinners like that type of thing you know we're, we're back to the uh, cork and bobber thing again because <laughs> i'm not a very patient man so um bottom fishing finesse fishing is not my specialty or uh -huh. my strong point i guess i should say i'm not a specialist at anything um but my strong point is not that i'm more of a cast than real type guy yeah um, fair enough yeah so you know a lot of uh a lot of cast king combos um some you know some perigees um speed demon pros and things like that with mega jaws reels um anywhere you know uh, I try to stay above six nine um, in all of my rods, no matter what they are. Got to be able to cast, got that distance. Yeah, yeah. Try to try to stay above that, and um, 
I have the uh, the P1 Red Gills uh, P1 backpack. It holds about I've got five tackle trays in there right now. My pliers, my braid snippers, my scales, <laughs> neck gaiters, um, lotion. Oh. Um, you know, lotion for um, keeping the sun off. You know, if I don't have yeah. everything, you know, I'm not. I don't carry a closet with me of, of <laughs> shirts and everything um, and all of that. Um, and then, you know, the tackle boxes usually have most all of my, say, terminal tackle, peg stops, things like that in one box. And because um, you can't carry everything, you're not on a boat. And so I try to keep that box set up, um, you know, then maybe a box of soft plastics all the way from, you know, worms and crawls down to paddle tails. Mm. Uh, flukes whatever it is in that box i try to keep all that together and you're not and, drop shotting any of those no i do no drop shot and i know that's big up your way um and oh, yeah. don't jeff, tell jc <laughs> yeah and jeff mentioned something um that i use a lot i know it's big up in your area and i think it's growing down here because uh. um, i don't hear a lot of people talking about it but the tube the tube oh, is yeah the Wait, tube what? is phenomenal. Don't tell um, anybody that then. For yeah. sure. Bait burning. Can I give you <laughs> Welcome I, to my world? Let's burn everything. You you probably know this, but one thing that I feel like people always want to well, I guess not always. A lot of people I know want they think of tubes as like a drifting or like a a really slow retrieve. Like like you know, to get that undulation. The way I use a tube, especially if I'm on the bank, I cast that sucker super super high like as high as i can cast it and you get this big smack on the water mm-hmm. and you and you do that on the like on a weed edge or or where you know there's one fish pocket water and you just let it scissor down as slowly i put the minimal weight on that i know that i can get get it to a spot mm-hmm. and then you just let that sucker scissor down as slowly as possible and you don't touch i don't even close the bail and mm-hmm. you let it just let it fall that is a murder technique because it when it plops, it's hollow, right? The tube is hollow. Yeah. And that thing, big old plop, big old sound. It works so good in pocket water. I've never, I don't see people using them like that almost ever. I use, um, I carry that to you know a couple of different uh, levels with the tube. Is the year, the conditions, the place I'm fishing. Um, um, I may use just a straight tube weight inside of it you know to get it down there because i know that's where it needs to be um and then you know i do rig it up um kind of texas rig uh, absolutely you know with just a uh a, mm. a wide gap hook um no weight no nothing um to give it that slow descent oh dude that is um, awesome so, so it goes through the water column um yeah. and a lot of times you know it never makes it past two three four five feet um, before it's hit and so yeah um i think that about covers you know what i carry with me the phone of course Um, (laughs) very important (laughs) um, got to to have those pictures and um you know some good i I like to use bass attractant uh, bass scent i was gonna ask you about that yeah um i use the bass dynasty um bass attractant and I find that it helps me a lot. Um, not so much now, I'm going to say, um, as much as it does when the bite's hard. Mm-hmm. 
um, you know, if I'm if I'm bed fishing, everybody knows that, you know, you can sit there and you can bounce your stick while the worm's sitting in the bed and it's got to be in a particular place in the bed. Mm-hmm. You've got to agitate somebody bad enough they want it. Um, yeah. I haven't found that it really scores uh, more more brownie points um, in those situations. But when the bite's tough, um, it definitely helps. And um trying to think if there's anything else I keep with me or, or I take with me. Um, and, you know, that that's funny, Paul, that you said you watched the um, video I did. Yeah. Because that was a one-take spur yes. video. Crushed and, it. Yeah. It's and, just um, specialty. Yeah. <laughs> we, we only do one take on Burley Fishing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there that's you all go. I could appreciate, man. That's awesome. So I appreciate the uh, the feedback and support on that. You know, it was just a, it was a one take spur of the moment thing. I said I just bought a truck this week, and that's why I said, well, hey, yeah, this is it. Talk. This is going to be my thing. You know, and it's going to be called tailgate talk, and I'm going to start you know doing uh, doing those videos. That's awesome. sweet, man. Got to do them up. I I liked it because I again like I think you have a unique perspective because I think a lot of people and. Uh, being in Michigan, we have a lot of people who peer fish, which I'm considering like just a different version of bank fishing. We have a lot of bank fishermen because we have tons a ton of, of rivers. We have tons of them. Um, a lot of people look at it though, and they're like, ah, "Dude's looking for bluegills, right?" And they do like <laughs> they don't because they got a bucket, but it's full of their tackle. <laughs> it's okay. <Yeah. laughs> but I don't think a lot of people. I don't think a lot of people realize like. Um, it's just another way to get around, right? And it's just another way to do the same thing that everyone else is doing. I mean, it's the same thing when you see dudes who are on, like, paddle boards um, and, and are getting after it, right, in the same way that, like, a kayak would. Um, and I think it's really cool that you're, like, it is a unique thing, and I think it is something where it's, like, it's just like anything else. Like, you, there's a lot of bass fishermen. There's not a lot of guys who get into it the way that you're into it and are like, no, 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 no. I'm not just out here to, 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 get, a, to get a fish on the land. Yeah. I'm looking for that freaking PB every time I go out, right? Like I, and that's there's a huge difference. There's a huge difference between like you know putting a middle schooler on a fish and being like, okay, that was my win for the day, and then you know, getting it ten feet deep into it. So yeah, I think that's really giant. cool. Dude, there was, I, um, you know, there's places I, I had. I told you just bought a truck. I was driving a Mazda Tribute, an SUV. You imagine eighteen rods in this no, SUV. I can't. And, not even possible <laughs> they're on top yeah, and, Duct tape? And, and could have put more you know folks were like there's no way you can put more in that's there. crazy like, try them <laughs> i'll put them in here give me one <laughs> but you know with that more. there's there's not a lot of off-road um access sure. that way so i have some places i can pull up i can open up the hatch uh, when i had this suv um some places i pulled up you know open up the hatch and i'm like literally casting right straight from the back of the hatch mm-hmm. but then i have places i go um and i have to walk and may put in five thousand six thousand steps by the time i leave and then get back mm-hmm. um you know they're, they're that far away they're not really accessible yeah. um some having to walk through woods you know and so on um and then of course now you, you definitely don't want to be driving around the, the bank you know <laughs> and, and you see all the swirls and things going away yep. oh yeah man. <laughs> you drive the entire lake <laughs> yeah well, there's whoops. some um there's some stealth you know to that also mm-hmm. so i was gonna bring that up so that was one of my next questions i like what are some of the things that like if someone 
because I, again, I think people think have a conception of what like bank fishing is, right? It's a lawn chair, a couple beers, a rod and some worms. Like when you're like for like one thing I think you brought up, which is like, a, like a perfect example. Like when I, I know when I'm fishing the river and I was just telling Jeff that it's like one of my biggest pet peeves is when like you go to read water and you're like, nah, this spot's not that big of a deal. You throw one cast into it and then you start walking through it and then you realize it's like six feet deeper than you thought it was. Or like you can see there's a shelf right there and you just watch like a, a freaking like monster trout like blast through it or whatever. And you just see the, you know, the fish of a lifetime skating out. And it's because you didn't read the water and you walked through what you wanted to fish. Mm-hmm. Like you talked about avoiding that type of thing where if you if you see like a shallow spot, you're not going to be standing with the sun behind you putting a shadow right over it, right? So, like, okay. what are some of those things that you do um, to kind of put yourself in a good position that people probably aren't thinking about if they're, if they're really serious about bank fishing? Wow, that's uh, that's deep. Um, and, and I like, I like that. Plus, only the hard questions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, while well, you sit back and, and you drink. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yes. Yes, sir. <laughs> Sipping on the beverage. But, um, <laughs> you know, I love that that term, read the water. Um, that's that's good stuff there. You need to you need to patent that. Um, Paul, Paul's a big nerd. He, he loves nerd terms. <laughs> we, we love him for it. He's going to hold up says, a book now. Oh, I got him. Oh, I got him. Paul's <laughs> go-to is Paul, Paul is like at heart 97 years old. And oh, we yeah. love it. That's cool. That's cool. Um, you know, you're you're asking me to kind of um, help a beginner, and I, so I don't think it needs to be something complicated. I mean, mm-hmm. just you know, find somewhere that you're comfortable, that you're not going to get caught up, um, that doesn't have a lot of a lot of coverage. You know, there's not a lot of um, possibly down trees, limbs, um, anything. Just just wide up and bank, and just go have fun. Um, it'll it'll happen i mean it'll it'll catch you um you won't catch it you know, <laughs> you, if you yeah, want to put, put put that on your um on your your podcast line there oh that's the one um, for sure I think, but, I think that's the title for this yeah. episode um, write it down paul show notes i won't read it <laughs> <laughs> at least in my case you know that's what happened to me it just it caught me um yeah. and it just became a rush and a thrill. Um, it's, it's about peace and quiet and time um, where you get to do your thing. And there's nobody telling you how to do your thing. And, you know, you got really deep with the, you know, the sun behind you. Um, so obviously, you know, somebody could pick up on that. You're not wanting to cast the shadow that is picked up. They can see. Um, very well in still water they can see you coming a long ways away so make your cast a long ways away if you're going to be focusing on the bank you know the first 10 feet off of the bank um, you want to be casting way down there Uh, this time of year I kind of spray uh, my patterns with my different baits I start straight down uh, the bank you know with something top water um, mostly a frog because it's not going to make a lot of racket like a uh, buzz bait would yeah um you know clank 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 even though we know buzz baits <laughs> get eaten up um frogs a little more quieter you know you maybe even start with a soft plastic just kind of bouncing and dragging it along um 
and then I work my way out. And, you know, and as I work my way out, I'm, I'm trying other things, you know, a paddle tail swim bait, you know, a little further out, then a, maybe a lipless crank or, or something, or even, um, even, you know, just a, a hard swim bait. Um, I, I'm hearing a lot lately about using hard swim baits for bed fishing. I haven't tried it yet, hmm. but, um, they're saying that it's, you know, it's blowing up, it's working. Um, I just guess park, just parking it right on there. Yeah, or, or making it like it's going to be um, nearing you know, a good bluegill, um, you oh. know, number, number one enemy. For um, sure, man. So, you know, you see your, your bluegill beds and, um, you know, your shad spawns going on. So pick up on that. Pay attention to, uh, you know, the beginners are going to hear match the hatch you know pay attention to what is in the the body of water you're fishing um you know here's something uh this time of year because i started seeing them a couple weeks ago snakes are coming out that's what i was gonna say (laughs) yeah you know get a uh get a nine inch worm with a wobblehead hook Mm -hmm. you can't imitate a snake better and um and it's cheap and it's um you're not gonna get mad, you know, if you if you lose it. Um, and it works. It's just yeah. a plastic worm. You got a bag full of them. Yeah. And so um, the the habitat, the you know the environment, the the temperatures, all of that, you know, and that beginners need to get into some apps, um, you know, fish brain, bass forecast, those types of things, and it'll help tell you um, if it might be more productive for you to spend your time as a beginner, you know, where you're really having to take time out of your normal time to go. Um, and you'll know a little bit more about, you know, what you're dealing with at that time. Um, That's a good one. Cause I said, we, I did a write up in our email about a weather app because like, I find that we have a bit, we have a, uh, it's not a huge piece of water, but it's Lake St. Clair. I mean, it's kind of a legendary, uh, oh, yeah. smallmouth fishery. Did you say that's not a huge piece of water? It's not a huge piece. I mean, compared to the Great Lakes, it's not a huge piece of water. It's a big, oh, yeah. it's a big We lake. just have all the big pieces of water. <laughs> and it's also, it's also, well, we don't have an ocean. And it's also not deep, right? Oh, um, yeah, it's it's not deep either. I mean, like, the deepest it gets is, like, 18, 20-some yeah, feet. Yeah, it's like really, 20, really 22 feet. Um, For how big it is, it doesn't even make sense. Well, it's a, it's a runoff. It's, it's an area in between where, like, the Thames River empties out um, from Canada and goes into Erie. So it's you know it's transition water and it's basically a giant flood kind of like a giant flooded plain but Mm -hmm. regardless i did a write-up and because i we have a a a place on the canadian side over there and i I find that with those really big pieces of water the weather is is a huge deal and after i started noticing like consistent things like low fronts moving in fish it until you're getting drenched because like that's some of the best time to fish and like Mm -hmm picking up on some of those things i start like obsessing over the weather and now i like pay for a weather service because it it's not a ton of money but it makes such a big difference to have like super detailed reliable weather and like i plan my trips around things like that Mm -hmm. i think that's huge especially when you're getting started right it's like if you are are hoping to enjoy your time on the water and like if you're trying to get into something new like you got to get some winds under your belt you got to get some momentum and it's really hard to do that i i've had and, and I'm sure Brian, you get this all the time on Instagram, but like people probably message you, uh, kids or or just you know 
people getting into fishing, not not necessarily kids, but people getting into fishing are asking for tips. They're like, oh, I have a pond and like I've been throwing everything at them and it's not working, you know, and you start to throw them some tips. But, you know, you want to you want them to get those wins. Right. And I I think set them up for success. So I appreciate that you said uh, just go to like a comfortable area. Like I, I was I was picturing in my head, somebody just like putting on the war paint, just smear your face with mud and then climb under a tree and like get to that really sketchy spot and then cast underhanded into it, like yeah. which I've definitely done. And sometimes it's worth it. But yeah, if you're just getting started, man, don't don't do that because you're just going to mm-hmm. lose everything you got and you're just going to get so mad. Yeah, <laughs> so, that's good points, man. Yeah, right. it's um, I, I kind of relate it to um to recovery um for me you know because i've already told you that's a big big thing in my life and um you know hurts habits and hang-ups mm-hmm. applies for me uh to mm-hmm. fishing also you know i'm gonna i'm gonna lose fish i'm gonna lose baits but it's not the end of the world i just i move on you know i'm past mm-hmm. that there's nothing i can do about it now um just go learn from it it's always a learning experience. You know, you hear athletes in, in professional sports say, you know, that it wasn't losing, it was learning. Um, they learned something that helped make them better. Mm-hmm. And so use use that. You know, every experience um, is a learning experience. And, you know, um, not that we're going to go back, but to what I do um, at, a, at a fishery, to a body of water, now um is i will pull up and you know and i kind of i'm already looking you hear this with golfers um Mm -hmm. when they're coming up to the green to put they're surveying the slopes uh they're looking at the way the grass grain grows you know all of that is there a pond over to my right because i know that it's going you know water runs off that way if my putt's going to go to the right or left and so you know i'm doing that when i pull up to a place and when i get out and i'm I'm looking, I'm surveying the water, you know, if my sea and fish breaking here and there, you know, whatever's going on. Um, and, and that's just another thing that I feel like now helps me that I didn't do before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good points, man. All right. One last question that I already asked that never got answered. <laughs> if all the bass in the world died. <laughs> he he kind of you, answered this. He just said salt we, water. Oh, that's right. Yes, oh, yes, yes, man. <laughs> I really wanted you to say He's going cat. to the coast. I wanted you to say catfish really bad. How many You're... cats do you accidentally catch? Believe it or not, I've, I think I've only caught like two um, cats accidentally. <laughs> oh, man. A couple of, of bowfins, um, some black crappie, Those are uh, some bluegill. Bluegill um, pound but... for pound. Best fighters yeah. out there. Catfishing is huge down here, though. So that was a good question. That's yeah. why I was I was hoping you were going to say catfishing because I just feel like you're in like a mecca for catfishing. Yeah, like we a are. mecca, man. There's a whole festival um, 30 minutes away just for shad. It's called the Shad <laughs> Festival. I believe that. After That's some of the awesome. pictures I was seeing of you bringing those in, I'm like, are you crazy? crazy? You're like a foot long. Like what? <laughs> That's awesome. That's yeah. gnarly. I love it. All right. Um, parting thoughts, Brian. What do you got for us? Hmm. Um, it can be it can be plugging it can be plugging your uh, Instagram, which I definitely so want you to do. Start by plugging. Where can people find you, Brian? 
Yes. Okay. Um, well, it is Fisher of Men uh, on Instagram, and that's F S H R. That's not spelled out Fisher. So F S H R O F M E N, Fisher of Men. Um, that is, uh, I'm not going to say biblical based, but um, it's that kind of based on Matthew 4:19 out of the Bible, which is um, Jesus telling the the crowd to follow him, and he will make them fishers of men. Awesome, man. And uh, I, I did. I was going to ask you this earlier, and I didn't ask you this, but you have a YouTube channel, but you don't use it. Why not? I'm curious. I, I think because I'm mostly off of my phone. Um, yeah is the biggest reason you know I, I feel like to be a successful um videographer or youtuber uh, you absolutely need to use a pc or a laptop and i have one um, i just have not dove into it yet i don't know enough about it and i'm still studying it i'm still you know watching talking to other youtubers um you know and i basically just do instagram and, and facebook plus i mean i'm Guys, come on! I'm 46 years old, you know. So, so I'm getting after, getting I'm after it though. To, yeah, I'm doing good to be fairly successful at you know at what I'm trying to do. Um, so, it, it'll possibly come. Um, you know, of course, TikTok is blowing up, which that's just kind of short skit stuff. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it can be used to direct people to, you know, something else like YouTube. Um, I don't know, but I, I'm looking into it. Yeah. I did. I, I, I want you to do it. I'm gonna push for you to do it. I'm gonna challenge you. Can help. I mean, honestly, if you just, if you shoot your videos landscape on your phone, you can get away with that. And, and I was you about can, to say, yeah, you can get like a simple video editor on your phone, dude. We're, we're, we're going to do it. Fisher of men will be on YouTube and <laughs> be crushing it very soon. Just wait for it. You heard it here first when he blows up uh but yeah any other thoughts brian anything else you want to plug or say before we hop off um you know the the staff thing uh i just want to jump back to it real quick um you know i told told you that um i spent my whole winter um i was still fishing uh because north carolina you can do that here i know you guys can't up there uh for the most part they're showing a big body of water (laughs) Yeah. Um, but I spent my whole winter, you know, applying and I was rejected a lot. You know, mm. I mean, look, look at me. I mean, I, I had already faced the fact that I'm 46 years old. Um, I've only been fishing for five years. I fished from the bank. Nobody's going to be picking me up, you know, to go pro or anything else. They're not going to be sponsoring me. Um, my whole thing is. It's about helping people. I like to help people a lot. I care about people, um, you know, and helping them. And and I, I thought, well, you know, staff is a great way to do that. I don't care about the benefits, you know, if there even are any. Um, right. I'm obviously right. not going to pay to do it like some companies ask me to do, you know, buy X amount of things within three sure. weeks, you know, and we'll, um, we'll consider you field staff at that point. Um, that wasn't happening, but, um, so I, I was selective too. And even though I'd applied, I, I found out a lot. I learned a lot and I was rejected a lot. Um, but that didn't stop me. And, you know, I think I found places that are, uh, what I like to consider home, you know, for me, um, they're, they're all good quality people. 
Um, the companies are good quality people. I was talking about the staff people there at first, but you know the companies are good quality people. They they care. They they promote as well. They share your stuff. You know that's what it's all about is to help them um, grow and and in the same uh, token, you know, it's kind of double edged sword. It's going to help you grow um, because if they like your material, you're putting out good stuff, quality content. Um, they're going to help you by promoting that. And um, so, you know, that's why I got on, um, you know, with, with Exxon, with Monster Bass, with Bucket Mouth, with Bass Dynasty, with Titan Tungsten, with Vector Hooks, with Bank Robbers Fishing, um, Cast King. That's why I got on with those. And, and those people are all, uh, you know, just they kind of cover the full spectrum of everything. Yeah, everything you, know, you, got, you need. You man. got your terminal tackle to your rods, to your gear, to your clothing, uh, your your monthly bait box. Um, and so I think I did, I feel like I did pretty good. I'm going to pat myself on the back right now. Oh, <laughs> both sides, you know, my man. Both dude, sides. Crushed, <laughs> crushed it. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I think no longer than I've been fishing, no more knowledge than I have. Um, I, I'm, I think I'm doing, you know, fairly good. And, um, it's again it's not about me it, you know it is about helping um anybody else that i can and so you know anybody uh, that's listening that wants to hit me up to ask me you know anything um just ask me you know i'm, I'm not asking you to to dm me for free stuff um that's not what i'm doing <laughs> um certainly not <laughs> caution use caution <laughs> yeah but um you know what i do know what i have learned i will share um with anybody awesome man appreciate you appreciate the time uh love the story bro love it um so yeah thanks for being on brother um if you guys enjoyed this episode be sure to subscribe five star review drop us a comment uh and definitely five five all five, all five stars count them up and 100% go subscribe to Fisher of Men on Instagram mm. and YouTube because it's going <laughs> to start doing YouTube stuff and it's going to be awesome. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next time.